And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Back Set Podcasts. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, a.k.a. Mr. Warburg. Joining me for week five, episode number five, is Patrick, a.k.a. Mr. Fusion. Greetings and salutations, fans of the college pigskin. Indeed, indeed, we are barreling through. We are a third of the way through the season at this point, for most teams, at least. Um, our teams are taking diverging paths this season. Obviously, I'm a Hawkeye fan. Yep. Texas uh, Fusion is a Texas fan. They're going in different directions at the moment, and we'll get into yep. that here very shortly. Uh, but before we get into our Week 5 preview, uh, what from Week 4 jumped out at you? Obviously, we had some big games, uh, yep. you know, Oregon taking on Colorado. You had Iowa, Penn State, and the CBS broadcast. Drama with Notre Dame, Ohio State. So what jumped out at you from week four? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Clemson, Florida State. Florida State has a ton of speed on that team, but I think a little bit was exposed with Florida State. So um, they, 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 I, I think they're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna get exposed even more at some point. Um, props to Ohio State, obviously. They gutted it out in a defensive now, I'm not going to say classic, but a defensive battle with uh, Notre Dame, and they 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 got you know pulled away at the end there. Um, that's that's probably it. Other than that, and obviously Colorado came back to earth. We kind of knew that was going to happen, but you know Oregon really put the foot to the you know put the foot to the uh, the pedal on on them there and just ran it all the way up. Right, didn't show any remorse. Uh, I, I think I think it just kind of exposed what we knew that they don't have a defensive line, Colorado. They don't have an offensive line, and then, you know, they can't. They they were really relying on Travis Hunter, uh, their two way player, to really hold the anchor. He was anchoring both sides of the football. So, um, another season of recruiting and NIL. I think Colorado's going to be a dangerous team next year, man. I really oh, do. Oh, for sure. I think they're uh, the Osmond favorites going into next year's Big Twelve slate. Right now, it all depends on Shador Sanders. Is he going to go into the draft while his stock's high? If he is, are they going to tr- bring in a transfer? Which the quarterback which it's possible they do that um but yeah it'll be interesting to see the roster next year but the things that they have because there is a five-star recruit uh that is uh, that's actually between iowa and colorado right now a lineman right well four-star technically he may end up a five-star okay um and you know they're both duking it out that five-star quarterback uh but he's in 25's class he's currently being recruited by alabama and colorado so you know, Coach Prime is like pushing it right now, but came down to earth. I think this is a little bit of this could be a, a much closer game, USC this week uh, against Colorado, just because USC's defense is very. I'm not going to say they're they're subpar, but I'm not going to say that they're 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 not they're on Oregon's above, level for sure. No, no, they're not above average. I would say they're probably average to slightly below average. So there's an opportunity there for Coach Prime. You know, I think I think, um, and I, I keep referring to him, but let's. I'm, I need to be honest. This is about the players. I, I, I Let me just echo what he says. It's about the players. This isn't about me. It's about the players. I think this is a little bit more of a manageable matchup for, for Colorado this week. So that, you know, last week that was a big deal. That really was. And then obviously the other one is the coach firing Mel Tucker over at Michigan State was showing the door. I, I think this this was like a week-long week long process where a week ago they were talking about terminating him and then we barely find out about it today. It's official. And 
I, I think we talked about it last week's show. Um, I think a lot of those kids will be transferring out of here very, very soon. They have a 30-day window now that kicks in that they can transfer right now. And I think we're going to start seeing some players leave now. And, of course, they'll be gone at the end of the season. So that roster will completely turn over next year. But unfortunate events that went over there at Michigan State. You know, yeah. It really, really sucks. But and it's going to get even then, messier this offseason. Right. So I think I think there's an opportunity there for some some of those big 10, 10 teams. Like we said, maybe Matt Rule in Nebraska sort of opens the door and welcomes some of those guys over there, because it's not like they were they weren't like a, they weren't a top 25 team, but they were they had a pretty decent roster. I think that there was a lot of different layers there, like, you know, uh, coaching, obviously head coach, but staff in general, they're going to completely gut that place out, you know, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, it came to that, but you know those are the big stories, man. I'm just gearing up for this week. I think there's Heck some yeah. another good t- another good te- a few good tests here this week in college football. I do have a couple questions on week four specific okay. to my Hawkeyes for you. I just want to get okay. your reaction to the answers. Okay. So number one, what would be, but your ballpark for like the lowest number of wide receiver catches under Kirk Ferentz at Iowa in a season? In a season? Yeah. Like, what would you expect? Obviously, we're been tight end heavy his whole time here, but what yeah. what do you think generally the lowest would be? Mm, I'm trying to I'm trying to do the numbers. I would say probably in the fours, four hundreds. Oh no, you're talking. I'm talking catches, like receptions. Oh, receptions, like by an individual player, no, or by the entire team, receiving the team, board? whole team. Oh, the team. Uh, single season. trying to think here i would probably say 800 some odd catches maybe 76 is the lowest i think it was the average what do you think they're on pace for this year uh if 76 is the average no that's the average that's the lowest oh that's the lowest i don't know what they're on pace for 42 are you serious 14 wide receiver catches through four weeks 14 that's insane absolute fucking absurdity it's 2023. Oh, Wide receivers have 14 catches. And I know they're not bad. Like, Regani's had realize... really good seasons, too. Wait, wait. I didn't realize it was 14 catches. Yep. Holy crap. Wow. Obviously, Penn State's a very good defense. Iowa no. got destroyed 31 nothing. They're a very good defense. I would argue you could, you could give me the argument right now Penn State's the second-best team in the country behind Texas because that's my money right now, because Georgia just hasn't woken up and beat anybody, like demolished them all through a game yet. Texas and Penn State have. You could tell me that's the argument, and I'd believe it. See, I was a little flipped there. I was thinking yard. I kept thinking, I kept deferring to yardage, not reception. Yeah, the actual just catches. Just catches. But still, to think 14 at this point by receivers. And that's including the fact that the top tight end was out last week. Exactly. He's done for the season. Nice. And the t- the the two top two running backs on the depth chart were, we're out also last out. week. Good lord! It, it, I mean, it's gotten to the point where you have to know the coaches know this sucks. Yeah, because I mean, you got Cade McNamara coming up and being like, "I'm just calling the, I'm just running the plays." It's called, and that was his whole like verbatim answer, which is like, or not verbatim, very close, just very yeah. glib. Like, well, I don't check into pass plays, kind of thing. Like, I can't remember the last time we saw a quarterback audible into a pass. Never happens at Iowa. And that's all on coaching. Coaching sucks. Bryant needs to fucking leave. Or at the very least, go back up to the booth. Get off the field. Get out of the quarterback's ear all the fucking time. Just get out of the way. Because when he was in the booth, 
Iowa was actually decent. And then he went on an emotionally abusive swear at everyone tirade, and he got kicked out by the administration. Uh, so just... wide, res- wide receivers account for 32% of the completions that Cade McNamara has made. Yeah. That, I mean, that in and of itself shouldn't be shocking because we're tight ends so heavy, but the fact that we literally don't pass the ball anymore, like we just stopped doing it, is fucking Luke, insane. Is it, is it Lachey or Lachey? Lachey. Lachey? Luke Lachey didn't play last week, and he still leads the team in receptions at 10. Yeah. That that's that's then, the leading ten. And that's Eric what's... all the other tight end has ten. Yeah. And then the next up is a wide receiver with six. That's his That's oh, probably Ragini. Uh, or maybe Seth yeah. Anderson. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Nico Ragini has six and LaShawn Williams is a running back. But I'm talking about just overall the yeah, if you talk about it's brutal. Man. Wearing Iowa yeah. gear like hurts. There are days. three so he has he's only made completions to three wide receivers. Which means you're not getting, like, your longest plat pass this season, Thomas, was 35 yards. It was the first play of the season. Yep. That was the first play, 35-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, it's not fun. And you know what the shitty part is? We're going to still win 10, maybe 11 games. Because this then, the West looks horrendous. And then Kurt's going to say there's no need to make a change because we won 10 games. He's right? going to pull yeah. that shit again, and it's like, dude... If, we're, if he doesn't retire this year, we run the same shit next year. Good luck getting four wins. Well, because I, I think all those some, teams are coming, and the West is gone. Well, I think at some point he's going to have to, not him, but I, I think I think you're you're the, you're the new AD. AD whenever they officially yeah. hire her, because it's probably going to be Beth Gates or Gates. Yeah. I think it's Gates. Uh, whenever she's officially hired, she has to tell Brian step back to offensive line only. Or get you're gone. Yeah, that's it. That's the only uh, two options. It's, it's going to be disaster. hard. To, it's going to be hard to win recruits with offensive. It's it's like gotten that. so bad and so blatant because we have several national televised games this year. It's just how do you recruit going up against? Hey, play at USC or Oregon or Washington or you know you're an offensive skill position. Yeah, this is why you should come to Iowa to do nothing. Just stand there. Oh, it's just, it's been very hard to watch. Yeah, you guys may win 10 games because Michigan State victory, Purdue victory. Everything but Wisconsin, Wisconsin and, the, and if and we make it to Indy, everything else, I w- we're the favorite. Minnesota may be a little interesting. They just got pantsed by Northwestern in double I know. That was I... awful. <laughs> they gave up a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter to fucking Northwestern. Northwestern. Post Not Pat the, Fitzgerald uh, Northwestern. Yeah, <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's a team that just fucking rolled over and died. Yeah, well, you guys may you guys may have the only one I can see is probably Wisconsin. Yeah, especially it's at Wisconsin. If it was at home, we'd be favored. But it's at yeah. Wisconsin. Even still, we might end up back in Indy facing Penn State. God, what a shit show hey, that's going to be. Whisk- Remember what I told you about Wisconsin? Their la- their only loss at this point was against Washington State, and they went to they, they went down to the wire with Oregon yeah. State last week. Wisconsin so seems to be putting it together, but yeah. yeah, they also haven't faced great defenses yet. Not very true. You know, like so, the, and their their schedule, like Iowa's, is also bad. But they they also have to face some better defenses going forward. So. That'll be it. Remains to be seen. Plus, the weather's going to change. So, um, you know, that's yeah, yeah, that's 
That's a very crazy stat. 14 receptions. Man. Yeah, just, I, while we were talking, I pulled up the data and it's like, oh God. It's a, it's a nightmare. Whoa. Uh, so anybody who's watching this who is not an Iowa fan, don't be. Don't watch. It's it's not even like last year was sicko mode Iowa, you know, we're the sickos national champion. Don't watch Iowa this year. It's it's not it's it's so bad even the sickos are like, yeah, we're good. We we can watch something else. We'd rather just like go watch Rutgers or something. Don't watch Iowa. But speaking of, Iowa's in our pick'em games this week. Of course it is. Because, you know, that was the whole conceit of the show is Fusion's a Texas guy. I'm a Hawkeye guy. So we'll pick our games. Those will be our two every week, plus our other three to fill out the pick'em. Man, this week's kind of rough. No high-profile ones like last week in terms of, like, national, like, oh, everyone's going to talk about this game kind of conversations. But uh, anything jump out of you on week five? Um, you know, the Friday night game, Oregon, uh, Oregon state versus, um, Utah. I think this could be a really fun. I like this one being a Friday night game. Um, I think if cam rising finally does come back for Utah, it'll make it very interesting. Now I really liked what I saw from DJ at Oregon state. I think he provides like that whole air raid up temple approach really fits what they're trying to do over there. Um, I like this game. That's that's one on my radar. Um, obviously, Texas and Kansas. Look, Texas is, is a seventeen point, sixteen and a half point favorite at this point, right? We're playing; they're playing in Austin. But this is a game, probably where it's like it'll like the first half may be interesting, and then after that, just the depth of Texas's defense will just will really catch up to to Kansas. But then that I'm gonna watch that one. Actually, I'm heading out to San Antonio. With, uh, I know it's here in Austin, but I'm going to my, a buddy of mine, one of my childhood friends. He just moved out out to San Antonio, so we're gonna go catch the game at a local pub or something. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna go watch the game. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man, Utah, Oregon State's interesting to me. USC, Colorado, seeing if Colorado how what they can do to bounce back from that from that just that fling from yeah, Oregon, you know, just getting one. demolished. I mean, it was it was embarrassing in the first quarter. That's how bad it was. And they never had a chance. Like it was just they were pushed up against the ropes at the at kickoff and that was the end of it. You know, that was really it. So, that was really it, man. Um, you know, week 4 going into week 5, yeah. That's really, you know, it's it's a decent slate, but for me it's like I'm just quietly gearing up. Hopefully it's not a trap game for Texas because next week is the big one, man. That's the big one. Yep. They 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 beat they beat OU in Dallas. Then then people are going to start talking about playoff, you know. I won't still I still will not say Texas is back. That's not going to happen yet. Not yeah. yet, man. Not yet. Not yet. Not until they win the Big 12 title game. Then if they win and they are one of the top 4 teams, then I'll say they're back. That's until a fair, then, that's a fair assessment. Now, if they win, if they win seventy to nothing against OU next week, then people can't. If people want to say Texas is back, that's fine. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm a little more fickle than most people. Since we've been talking about Texas, I did have one other kind of broad, broad picture, picture, broad spectrum question. Jesus, I can't talk today. Uh, if you had to say right now, as you've watched all these games. Who's the number one team in the country? Like, who is the actual best team right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Obviously, you, man. I mean, Georgia, you could go with them because they haven't lost, but yep. it seems like they've been waiting to the third quarter to wake up and beat people, yep. which, like, dude, you, that's going to bite you in the ass. Yep. 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 
And uh, as I said earlier yeah. in the show, Penn State, Texas haven't done that. Yep. Beyond maybe the opener against Rice, but Rice isn't Rice is not a bad team. Oh no, they're not conference. a like a complete worst team in the country kind of bad. No. But hmm. you know, and even then, they still beat them through with thirty-five-three. Yep. You know, like, yeah. For me, Michigan, Michigan hasn't played anybody exactly. They and they've like, and again, Rutgers was I think a little better than everyone predicted coming into the season. They gave them a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a competitive first quarter, and then they rolled over because it's Rutgers yeah. against Michigan. But yeah, Michigan they haven't really been tested. They have, you haven't seen a complete dominant performance like you have from Penn State. Even Ohio State hasn't had that great of a team, you know, start so far. But they have been more tested because they went to Notre Dame and sure. beat Notre Dame against two 10-man fronts, by the way. What the fuck? And it's apparently not the first time. Did you see the highlight from a couple weeks ago yep. with the Tennessee State one where they almost scored a touchdown? Yes. It's like, are you shitting that. me? What the fuck is Freeman doing where that's not cleaned up? That's the easiest oh, thing to man. clean up in the world. Make sure you have 11 guys on the field. Just do that. He's a, former, he's a former college and NFL player. Yeah, like, it's like, this is, who this knows, is something... is the 11th man there stopping that touchdown and well, you win the game? He was a safety, right? He was a safety, right? Sounds right. They, their so. job, if, if, he was, if I'm, not, I'm not mistaken, he was a safety. It's their job to count the men on the field. So that's something he, he should be coaching his safeties every single time or just whoever is the captain on that side of the ball, right? I, I just don't understand that. I don't understand that. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, I think given the fact that Alabama bounced back against Ole Miss last week and looked, so, looked solid, not like like world beaters, but they looked like they, they slightly righted the ship, that really helps Texas. And obviously... I mean, I don't. I, I could be a homer and just outright say it, but I think at this point you have to say, at this point maybe Texas is the top team in the country right now. You know, I mean, they because they went into Tuscaloosa and they they put it to the tide. You know, and their defense just looks phenomenal. Like they were just blowing the line, like the bear, the Baylor Bears were just getting destroyed at the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball for mm-hmm. four quarters. And, you know, when I think back, like, I know Baylor's not a very good team, but if you remember in week one, they were thumping around Utah. They would look tough, and they had people kind of like, uh-oh, is Utah going to lose this game to Baylor? Remember that? Like, people forget that they were they came out pretty intense against Utah. So if you think about that by proxy, then if Utah's a top-10 team, then, you know, Baylor kind of looked like, you know, like an actual reasonable opponent, and then Texas goes and just destroys them. In Waco, mm, I don't know, man. Oof. I don't know. Maybe you say Texas is the number one team, but you got to give it. But you have to give it to Georgia because they're the, they're the two time champs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, until yeah. proven otherwise, where they get like a down to the wire scare, or you know, like yeah. through next week, like say Texas, you know, beats Oklahoma by fourteen. Yep. You know, or inverse, like say Oklahoma just runs all over them. You know, like because Oklahoma is also undefeated. Yes. yes. And, you know, it remains to be seen because obviously they started lower, so they're not going to shoot up that high quite yet. You know, or and Penn State just continues to dominate. They have Northwestern this week, so they're not going to prove anything yeah. there. But, yeah. like, say they run the table in the Big in the Big Ten East and get to Indy, probably facing Iowa or Wisconsin, and win again. Are they the number one team if that happens? 
that'd be a pretty hard case to say no. You got to beat Ohio State and Michigan. One on the I think it's Ohio State on the road, right? Yeah, Michigan's at home for them, I think. Yep. So like, that's a tall order for their for their schedule. And Penn State certainly looked the part against Iowa, but again, you're going against the Iowa offense. They could make anybody look like the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, I will say this. Oklahoma came back down to... Remember, we mentioned this last week. Yeah, they had a... Yeah, they definitely... They came back down to earth. Yeah, they came back down to earth. Yeah. Because they were blowing the doors off of everybody. In fairness, Cincinnati's probably the the deepest team they've played so far. Because they'd been recruiting at a very high level for a long time. Yep. Like, that's a good program. Yeah. But they still weren't, like, destroying them. No, even though Luke Fickle left, uh, there were there were parts. Yeah, they got a lot of dudes left. Yeah, yeah, they have have plenty of bodies over there. But I think that was kind of a wake up call, just like the overtime victory against Clemson for Florida State was a wake up call for like just people like really saying Florida State's just next level. Oklahoma is so underappreciated. They're a monster. It's like okay, we're gonna pump the brakes a little bit because there is something there to kind of. I would also say Clemson's probably a little underrated in this conversation when it comes to yeah. that Florida State Clemson game because obviously Dabo I think was being a little hyperbolic with his hey we're few, a few plays from number five in the country but I'm like okay that's crazy because Duke absolutely manhandled you but also Duke's good right yep. they're a ranked team for with good reason they've looked really solid they're definitely not like pushing top 10 or anything but they're very good and then Clemson because they fell out of the top 25 Everyone's like kind of writing off that Florida State game, but it's like sure. Clemson's good. Like they really, yeah. really do have those kind of athletes still. No, they they, they still have the bodies. Just there. for they some have... whatever reason, their execution has been doo doo. Horrible play calling, man. That also too, that helps too. Horrible play calling by the by with 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 uh with with Dabo there. Um, but that being said, I say Georgia. The reality is is that Georgia they have a cakewalk until they go. In late October to Florida, they got Auburn um, this week, right? They have Auburn, and Auburn is coming off of that 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 yeah. loss to A and M. Yeah. But uh, it, you know, in late October, they have. I'm sorry, to correct myself. Florida's coming to Georgia uh, for the world's largest cocktail party. Oh yeah, and Florida's going to get destroyed because their offense is uh, not quite Iowa bad, but it's not good. But see, here's the thing. My point was is that we're talking about is Georgia. Here's the thing. They got Florida. A now ranked Missouri, who knows they may not be. Same thing with Ole Miss, they may not be. Tennessee, they may not be. But as it stands right now, those are all ranked opponents. And then they finish off the season against Georgia Tech. So there is a uh, a four game stretch there. Yeah, there's a backloaded. Yeah, you know, backloaded for Georgia. So like, hey, they run the table outright, and they don't. There's nothing here that like they squeak by. They they are they're in they're in the they're in the uh, the driver's seat, man. To say number one, Michigan. Michigan's got a much tougher road ahead of them, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Much tougher road. I mean, it's just you look at the schedule is a bad, but then at the back end of the year, they got Penn State and then Ohio State to finish off the season. That's, yeah, that's that's a real tough stretch there. Two out of three games there. Um, the When I look at, like, this schedule versus Georgia, Georgia has four games that are like, okay, they're currently ranked, but they may, may be all pretenders come three or four weeks from now. But hey, man, we, we we both agree that Penn State's probably going to stay top ten through the rest of the. Week, I agree. Right? Yeah, and they yeah. look they look the part. And yeah. Drew Drew Aller, some of those some of those just yeah. fastballs he was whipping was like, 
damn, that dude's got an arm. We had and we had talked about that that he hadn't really thrown the ball enough that there wasn't a body of work. Yeah, against Illinois, really he tell. was kind of inconsistent, and then yeah, just has a beauty of a game against Iowa. Some of those yep. balls were just they were perfect. And like Iowa wasn't in a bad position; they were just putting the ball in the perfect spot every single time. Like that's how seventeen play drives happen, you know? Because like our guys are in the position to make the tackle, you know, and make the play, but they're still executing perfectly. Yeah. And any team that can do that against Iowa is a very, very good team. Because yeah. to do that against Iowa's defense, it demands almost perfection. And that's yep. really hard for college teams to do. And Penn State did it. So that that's just my my thoughts as a Big Ten homer. Sure, no, no, no. Kyle McCord over at Ohio State looked pretty is, is looking like he's he's figuring got, it out, it looks like. He's figuring it out. But you know, the thing is is that in a few weeks they've got Penn State. And then, mm-hmm. then they go to Wisconsin the next week. Going into Madison's going to be a back to back tough, tough road. Yeah, that's a tough two game stretch there uh, for for Ohio State. So they're all going to get tested. So for Texas, I really think that they need to come out this week, look strong. And you know, it may be a game the first half, but in the second half, if they put the, if they put their foot to the pedal and just you know roll over, they need to go into Dallas and they absolutely have to put their their mark on that game against oh, yeah. Oklahoma. They have yeah, to. Yeah, you because- do that. There you go. They're number two for sure, if not number one, yep. maybe jumping Georgia, yep. depending on the results. I mean, and, and it all stands with as long as Alabama continues to look like like yeah, they're... if they look re- like on the rebound, all the better. Yeah, that really helps them out because after Oklahoma for Texas, it's you. They go to Houston for U of H, BYU, Kansas State, TCU. Like all these teams are kind of like they're not at that level that we thought. We 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 thought Kansas State maybe or TCU. Look, we're going to be better, but they're not. They're not as strong as we thought they were. They, they, we were thinking at the beginning of the season. So I think this Kansas wins a big one for them, and I, I would really like to see them just completely go in there and just demol, you know, demolish Kansas in, in, in uh, you know, in Austin this weekend. That would be that would be a big statement for them, and then they just turn around and do the same thing against Oklahoma. Like you said, they're they're positioned for number two all the way the rest of the way. You know, I think Michigan's probably the one because they really haven't beaten anybody. You have to start questioning, like, should they really be at number two at this point? That is that really fair? You know? Agreed. Yeah. All right. So Good let's stuff, move on. Man. Let's move on to stuff. proper week five games on our pick'em pool. Uh, the leaderboard as it is stands right now is Fusion in number one. Uh, he has fi- he picked fifteen wins so far through week four. Uh, Eddie is fourteen. Then we have a three-way tie for third with myself, Chris, a.k.a. Gamma, and Shadow all at 13. And then Ty and Centroka have mostly stopped picking games. So, hey, if you two watch this, pick your games. Yes, You're please. in the pool. Pick the games. It's free. You don't even have to know anything. Chris doesn't even follow college football, and he might end up winning the whole thing and winning a free wood burning by me. Okay, so week five. All right, so we start off, as we said, with uh, Utah-Oregon State. Yep. Um, so number 10, Utah at 19, Oregon State. That's an 8 p.m. kick, Central Time, Friday night on FS1. So, Fusion, who you got? <clears throat> Oregon State is a three-point favorite because they are the home team. Different or- different Utah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're the Aggies. Utah State's the Aggies. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Get- I'm, in, I'm in Oregon State. Yeah. I'm in Oregon State. Yeah. Okay. The Beavs. Okay. The Beavs. Okay. So, Oregon State is the three-point favorite because obviously they're, they're the home team, right? Um, I think the big thing here is Cam Rising. That's the X factor here. We don't know if he's going to play or not. With that being said, 
I really think that what I saw from DJ against, and I don't want to say his last name because I don't want to butcher it. I just, I, I will get it wrong completely. But what I saw against Washington State was Oregon State's a really good team. They just, it was a, it was a dogfight at the end of the game, right? Um, much better offense for Oregon State. Utah has a really solid defense. I like Utah. I really do like the Utes. Um, even if Cam shows up again, plays this week, I think there's going to be a lot of rust there. So I'm picking Oregon State, man. Picking yeah, Oregon State. I'm going opposite just to start trying to make it up some ground. I know, I know. Also, because I do think there's a gap in terms of depth and talent on, I think the sure. best unit on the field is Utah State's defense. Sure. And because of how they play, which is much like Iowa, I think that gives them the advantage in those kind of rock fight kind of games. Yep. And they have a more dynamic offense than like say what, what generally those kind of defensive forward teams can do. So I think I'm going to stick with the road team here. Utah okay. state coming off, you know, a really big game loss on the road coming home. Generally you're hoping for a rebound, but I think Utah is going to, you know, kind of assert themselves as like, Hey, Oregon's great, but like we're right here. Sure. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Utah. Okay. My biggest thing here is that I think that we're talking about Utah having a really solid defense, the air raid approach uh, of offense with Oregon State. I just think that when you when you when you lay it all, it's going to be a real test for Utah at this point. And I just I think this is an opportunity for Oregon State. Yeah, don't disagree. I think I think it's a it's a. I mean, that's why the line is the way it is. It's a coin toss. Yeah, basically. I think you know the the, the bender break break approach to Utah's defense because they're not exactly like monsters that destroy everybody, right? They're no. just they have they're 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 so they play well that coached. Keep you in front of you. Yep. Keep your zone concepts. You are not yep. drifting. You are in your fucking spot. Yeah, but know? they you know they barely won by a touchdown against UCLA with a freshman quarterback with that approach. What do they do with a season? But that's what those that's what those defenses will lend you to is one score sure. closer games. Yeah. But the experience on both sides of the ball, obviously not discounting the quarterback position and the coaching that's been there. Yeah. That's how you generally end up winning those one score games more often than you lose them. You know, yeah. like that's that's Iowa's approach. That's what Utah has no, done no, now like, almost yeah. just as long with Whittingham. You know, yeah. like the the odds shift in your favor because of just how you play the game. You're generally going to be in that position because like I said, against Iowa, like how they play deep, it demands your A game to beat it. Right? That's in why, those clutch moments, it demands it. And, and I, that's why I understand because you speak per, like, you know, firsthand witnessing how the bend, but don't break field position game works for Iowa. It's why it works in college and not in the NFL because yeah, you have yeah. such a greater variance in terms of, you know, uh, you know execution because you got you got freshmen playing with seniors and you got different levels of experience and like clutch factor right like yep. it's it varies so much just play to play that yep. it favors the defense that can be that rock solid no it, it it's fair yeah. because in college they play um the field is in chunks bigger chunks in college football whereas the nfl i always tell people this 10 yards is a it's a fucking dog fight to get 10 yards in the NFL, right? So that's why it's like, it's a very different approach to how the we people look at the game, college versus NFL level, in terms of like staff, coaching staff. And you're right, Willingham does a phenomenal job over there. I just think that I, when I think about it, it's like, okay, I saw them with that approach against UCLA and it, it, and it worked again against a freshman quarterback. My thing is like, uh, this feels like, okay, we get a seasoned quarterback that can throw the ball. 
okay, maybe this is the week that that, that it happens. Yeah. You know, but yeah. definitely something we'll both be watching on Friday night for sure. sure. Um, sure. the next game on our uh, pick'em is an 11 a.m. kick on ESPN. Yep. We have Florida number 22 going to Kentucky. Now, since you went first, I'll pick mine here. I think we might pick the same one. I'm going okay. the home team. I'm going with Kentucky. I think I'm they, going I, with Kentucky. I think they win and move up into the top 25. Okay, that's Mike cool. Stoops that's has cool. built a really great program at Kentucky. Florida's yeah. offense is ineffective at best. Yeah. You know, like, is it great? Yeah, Graham Mertz was the transfer from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Like, he just, he's Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. He's not going to blow you away. But nope. Kentucky's a, another one of those well-coached, you know, not like defensive for first teams, but they're an all-around really well-balanced team. Florida just doesn't look complete in any of the no. games I've, I've watched from them. And, especially watching them against Charlotte last yeah. week. It's like, yeah, yeah, they're not they're not dynamic enough. Yeah. And, and I think I, I think yeah. Kentucky has the guys on both sides of the ball to take advantage of their weaknesses. And yeah. Stoops is a very good coach. I agree. The only I think the big difference here is that um, Kentucky doesn't run the ball like uh like the other teams do in the sec you know yeah. so i think i think but i think this is when you really look at it, it's like this is a this is an opportunity for a t kentucky to open up the playbook and have they're gonna they're gonna have some some surprise plays or some no huddle mixed in here that's gonna throw florida off its guard and they're gonna fall out of the top 25 and they'll just more than they'll i wouldn't say they swap, would swap places basically that's, that's fair they could swap kentucky's could swap. you know i i want to say they were definitely in the receiving votes weren't they Yep, yep, they've received so, like that slot. wouldn't shock me at all if, if they end up low top twenty five with a win. So and then of course we have Kansas, Texas. We've yep. talked about this consistently. Kansas is a is a really solid team. I think you could tell me right now they're the third best team in the Big Twelve, and I'd I'd buy it. But I obviously That's there's true. you know, Kansas State's still floating out there too. But Kansas has looked pretty solid. They don't have a lot of depth. Their defense is a little more suspect than most of the other two, you know, really good Big Twelve teams that yep. are soon to be leaving. Um, I do think, though, the conversation we had last week about who's the best team in the Big 12 next year, I think Kansas is like, hey, don't forget about us. Like, they've actually built, they're building something here. Le Leopold, or is it Leopold? Leopold. Yeah. Leopold. I think he's building a really solid program here, and I think it, he may end, up, may end up being a case of a guy who stays there for kind of a lifer kind of situation. If, if somebody like a Michigan State doesn't come poach him, I could see yeah. him turning into like a like what Matt Campbell is now at Iowa State, where he's just going to stay there for a while. Or what I don't know about twenty five years, like Kirk, but definitely a guy who's like I'm going to build my legacy here. It's kind of like a like Kyle Whittingham, yeah, at Utah. You know, yeah, something you know? like where 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 his name comes up, and he's just like I, I'm staying. I'm, happy. I'm good. I'm happy. You know, I think that's where and the, and like really the fan base seems to re-energize. They're not quite like Colorado level, like holy shit, we're getting game day all the time kind of stuff. But they seem to be giving a shit about football again. Yeah. Because there was a long stretch. They did not. No. They fell, and they fell fucking hard after 07. And it seems like they're on their way like, to back to relevance. Yeah, I think we're talking about Colorado being the, the favorite going in next year just because of... Oh, know, yeah, and they got all they got the money and the flash. And, but I think, I think they're, you're right. I think this is a, a big opportunity for Kansas to kind of put their mark because... Obviously, uh, Oklahoma State's very disappointing. Um, U of H is very disappointing, um, but that does that does bring up some questions with if, if if Oklahoma State struggles, may they decide to part ways with Mike Gundy? U of H, obviously, the fan base over there is fickled with Dana Hogerson. 
that contract. He's basically he's rubbing the contract in the face of everyone, all of his detractors, which to me is like, yeah, you're fucked. You're done with that kind of attitude. When you say, yeah, I'm not going anywhere because my contract sucks for you guys. It's like, yeah. Do you not realize that Tillman Fertitta will spend whatever it takes to get rid of you, man? And yeah. Yeah. The only thing that's kept him there so far is that they don't have SMU money. Exactly. That's the main thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If, if U of H had SMU money, yeah, they are relying very much so on Tillman Fertitta. And at some point, like he's because he does on the Rockets and he's got all these other business ventures, he can only pump in so much, right, into just U of H. He's done a lot for them in terms of like the athletic facilities, helping recruit, all that stuff. But I think at some point, like he's going to have to pull back a little bit it means they're going to have to bring in a coach. And so you th- there's probably going to be a big coaching carousel in the big 12 next year in college football. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, I think Sonny Dykes over at TCU's kaput, but I mean, uh, staying, not kaput, I'm sorry, he's, he's, he's staying, but you look at Iowa state, Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's more of a case. I don't want to like knock Matt Campbell. I just think this year he got the worst hand possible. At, like his starting quarterback. Oh, he bet on his own game like a fucking right. dumbass. Running back did the same thing. Starting defensive end did the same thing. Oh, we had an offensive lineman do the same thing. Had a tight end do the same thing. What bunch of fucking morons. We right? never really, we've talked about this whole thing with Iowa. They got and Iowa State. screwed but let me ask by their own you a layer. Let me ask you a layer of this. Did he not know anything was going on? No one came to him? No, apparently it was very, like, like, caught everybody they, off guard they they intentionally kept this quiet well and and most of the players like the the high profile ones were using yeah. fake names and pseudonyms yeah. and other family yeah. members like they were purposefully hiding it they yeah. weren't telling their coach that's why yeah. we're talking about some of these guys should be in that's jail. why i'm like i don't know if yeah given the all the turmoil at michigan state do you go hire a rust belt guy coached at toledo who knows the area do you go hire Matt Campbell? Obviously, he's not coming off great success on the field. Right. But what he's done for their culture, their program, how much money they're spending on athletics to really beef up Ames and the whole Town thing going on, which is actually, obviously, I'm an Iowa guy, but that's a really cool investment in Ames. That's that's fantastic. And I don't know if that happens without, number one, Jamie Pollard, their AD, but also Matt Campbell, like, energizing that fan base and, like, building a good product and a good culture. Michigan State desperately needs that. I could absolutely see them reaching out. And then that knock-on effect, like, yeah. you know, like there's all these other, these new coaches, there's new positions coming into the Big 12. You got a lot of new new high-profile jobs that just a few years ago were not very high-profile. It's going to be a really interesting offseason coaching-wise. And my team's yeah. probably in the mix if our AD grows his spine. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about like with where where does Kansas really fit in this? Obviously, we know where they fit in basketball. We know yeah. that. But then you have Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State coming next year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I still think they're like mid level, but like I, yeah. definitely towards yeah. like you know fourth or fifth. Sure. So this you, you you you're you're probably right here. It's probably going to be Colorado and Kansas, the top two teams. Yeah, that and Kansas State and. You know, we'll see what else happens the rest of the way with all these well, other incoming teams. I mean, I think the thing with TCU and Sonny Dykes is they've got to they've got to start bringing in some 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 higher ranked recruits. That's really like I understand getting those three star guys and coaching them up has always been a thing with under Patterson and now Dykes. But at this point, like you've 
you've got to start you you've got to start expecting that your 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 alum to really help out with the NILs there because they they're going to have to compete with U of H U of H's money, but Baylor's going to you know Baylor is Baylor right Oklahoma and State and SMU's on a higher stage now. Yep, SMU's going to be spending a lot. They've stated they've they've raised what I think it was like two hundred million dollars in yeah. like ten days. Something yeah. ridiculous. So that whole thing. Remember, we were joking about like they've got they've got rich people money because they're like, yeah, we don't need the twenty million dollars a year. We're happy to go to the ACC just to be cool, right? Yeah. The cool kid. They're like, we're the cool kids now, and everyone made fun of them. And then a week later, they raised over two hundred million dollars from their alums. Like, oh shit. So all I think a lot of these teams in the Big Twelve are really thinking about this. Like, oh crap. Like they're gonna start gunning for recruits in in our neck of the woods. Colorado is going to start gunning for recruits to, that that basically the the you know the the talent that Texas, Oklahoma, and A and M don't get in this region, there it's going to be a, a fight with all these schools. Yeah, it, for the this. market just got a lot denser. Yeah, yeah, it did, it did. Because in the past, Oklahoma, I mean, uh, Colorado tried to shift their focus to the actual Pacific region for recruiting, and <laughs> they just couldn't keep up. No, with the Joneses but over there. So, back to our yeah. pick'em. Uh, we're both going Texas. Yeah. Yeah, we're both going to Texas. I, we did this just because it's like, hey, man, like, I, I mean, yes, I get Kansas is ranked, but I think after the half, it's I, I can see. Yeah, this Texas ain't Charlie Strong, Texas. Than, uh, no, no, yep, no, that ain't happening. Or, or it's not even Tom Herman's Texas. Nope. Let's be real. So, All right, so yeah. we got two other games. Um, one, the the other no brainer for me is Michigan State at Iowa. Michigan State yep. just firing their coach. Iowa's coming off a loss. You want to tell me that defense doesn't have something to prove? Right, yeah, like they're gonna come out on fire. Mark D'Antonio is gonna apparently be on the sideline for Michigan State, like involved in their program. Kirk Ferentz doesn't really like that man. No, nope. our whole fan base does not like that man. Iowa State, Iowa City, even after that, just brutal bloodletting at Penn State. I, it's a night game at Kinnick. It's the first one of the season. It's gonna be a rocking place, and I think Iowa's gonna. I think we're gonna score. It wouldn't shock me if it's like a you know, 38-10 kind of score. Hawkeyes are 12 and a half point favorites. Yeah. I think they, they obviously win, but they also cover that easily. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think we do. Um, I think I think the problem here is just briefly, I think a couple, a lot of the players on the Spartans roster are thinking about transferring. That's, yeah, how, mu- how have, much buy-in do they have for yeah, this game? They're they're looking ahead to their life outside of this school. Or, or is it a case of, hey, uh, Coach Ferris, you want you want, you want me to come play for you? I'll put on a show tonight, and then I'll come play for you next week. That would be wild. Like Iowa, like we beat Penn, Penn State beats the shit out of us, then we pick up like ten dudes from Michigan State, and we just got a whole different team on offense. Come, come, Indy. That'd be that would be so wild. Which is why I can't believe they fired him during the season. Because like you're still playing the season. Like yeah. the the transfer window doesn't wait till the season. No, they could transfer at any time now. Once Which, yeah. once he he was terminated today, there is a thirty day window where players can transfer out and be able to suit up elsewhere. That's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, they, I can't believe they didn't wait. Well, the other thing is, is that they played a game last week with this whole thing hovering yeah. over them. That wow. was just the whole the whole handling has just been. Yeah, how much that leak fucked them. Yeah, in terms of the timing, it was just not great. Um, but our other game, our last game, I think we're so we said we're both picking Iowa. Iowa, yep. This game is really interesting on who you pick. We have okay. a 5 p.m. kick. It's another ranked matchup. We have number 13, LSU, going to number 20, Ole Miss. Yep. What's your take? I was not impressed by the Rebels last week. 
I thought they were going to uh, beat Alabama. They disappointed me there. Um, Jackson Dart, I think is his name, mm-hmm. the, quarterback the quarterback over at Ole Miss, was not impressed once again. Um, once again, he's leading the team both in passing and rushing. So I think there's some disjointedness going on with Ole Miss right now. Yeah, and they don't have a great identity. No, I think I think I think Lane Kiffin is not a head coach. I think we keep trying to make him a head coach, and he's not a head coach in in football. Um, I picked LSU. I know yeah, they're favored by three right now. Three point favorite going online. Yeah, yeah, they're three point favorite going in on the road. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win. They're they're gonna they're gonna. Is it a blowout? I'm gonna say. Well, it depends on what you consider a blowout going on the road, you know, against a ranked opponent. But I'm going to say LSU wins by two touchdowns. Yeah. I don't know if I'll go that far, but I'm also picking LSU. Okay. Okay. I think this is a good game for LSU to really get back into the graces of the college football playoff. To kind of yeah. put, to, to you know, they, they're going to, because they have Ole Miss, then they have Missouri, who's currently ranked. And then, you know, they have a couple of, of Auburn and Army softies, but then they Alabama, Florida, and then they close out against AM. So I think LSU is like, hey, don't forget about us, guys. You know, we everybody thought we were going to be the surprise team of the SEC, you know. Uh, and then we opened up with that loss at Florida State. But I, I think this is the one where I think they're gonna try to 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 really, you know, to to run up the score. They're gonna try to, but Ole Miss is still a talented team, but yeah. They're going to go on the road and win by a couple scores. Agreed. Anything else you want to touch on before we uh, wrap up here for week five? No, that's really it, man. Like this is one of those weeks where these are, there's some ranked games here, but they don't look like they're, oh my God, type of games. Yeah, I wonder if this is one of those weeks where we look back and go, oh, that was where a team was like, showed who they were. Yeah, I think this is, hopefully this is the, the dust is starting to settle a bit weak. Um, and then obviously I, you know, for Texas, we have that rivalry week week next week, right? That's a big deal, but there's, there's things to think about. It's Kansas. There's a joke with Texas over the last couple of years, both under strong and and Tom Herman losing games against awful Kansas teams, right? This all sets up, this could be a trap game for a lot of people. Like there's, there's a lot of fear. They're like, Hey man, Kansas isn't bad. They have a good quarterback. Texas could be thinking way too far ahead about Oklahoma. I don't think that's the case. I don't either. Even even if they were, I think Texas is way too talented at this point. And the fact that all the freshmen on both offense now, the last couple of weeks, but also on defense since week one, the freshmen are getting a lot of snaps. Even, you know, Anthony Hill, the, the linebacker, is the starting outside linebacker now for the Horns. I think at this point, they have a ton of depth there. Not just bodies they have depth because there's a lot of game time experience with all the freshmen too so this game is one of those like like we keep saying by halftime if it's not blowing if they're not blowing them away coming out of the third quarter texas is going to score two touchdowns and then and that's it we're off to the races so yeah man i i think but people could be a little nervous to say this is a trap game for texas and i and i don't blame them but i think texas is just too damn good at this point man agreed well, Which is funny because two weeks ago we were we were both kind of feeling like, hey, Texas and Iowa could be having like, hey man, this. Oh, could I be didn't. A really I good... didn't really believe that because I knew I... our offense was just. It just it's Brian Ferentz. Like, yeah. even when it's like decent, it's still, it's like it's like Twitch plays would call a better game plan than him. You know what I mean? Like, there's no setup. There's no payoff. Nope. He keeps calling fucking tight end middle screens. There's like no. That's the. 
That's the fucking counter. That's not the setup. That's the counter. What the fuck are you doing? Where's the screen on the edge? That's the setup. Yeah, where are the bubble screens, where are the wide receiver slants. And then, you know? then you run the bubble screen, and then you fuck him up the ass with the tight end down the middle. That's, yep. that's what the tight end screen is for. Yep. I think I think a good example was last week with Texas. You saw that with JT Sanders. Was that that was what they were doing? Like they were they were short drops, short passes, spreading it out a little bit, and then all of a sudden you found right up the middle, 25, 30 yards, there's your tight end coming across, you know, running across the flat. It's like boom, there he is, wide open, 60 yards. It's like that's yeah, I, I don't understand it either. I is he does he think he's smarter than everyone else? Or... I think he does. And he doesn't realize yeah. that. So every time, it's like 90%. If we have an incomplete pass on first, he runs in second down. No no checks, no audibles, nothing. Run the ball after an incomplete pass every single fucking time. Yeah. They know what his plays are. He has yeah. no spontaneity, no tendency breakers, none. No setup, nothing. Not even smoke oh, and mirrors, just utter ineptitude. It's disheartening as an Iowa fan. I'm going to be positive about this, man. I don't think this will be a... Per- I think at the end of the year, things are going to make... Be- there are going to be changes made for you for you guys. There better be. I think so. Just fucking move somebody around. <laughs> like, we got pl- we got um, plenty of former Kirk players on staff, on offense. Let them call plays. Drew- bring Drew Tate back. Guy played quarterback in Canada for like 10 years. Bring him back. Honestly, man, you keep... Br- you've brought it up a few times on this show and in our just our, our casual conversations. The big elephant in the room is LeVar Wood. Yeah, someone's that, going to hire like, that dude. Someone's like, just in the Big 12 alone, there are going to be some really prime opportunities for him to go. Yeah, jump either as coordinator there. or head coach somewhere. Yep, someone's yep. going to hire that dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe you're right. Maybe the AD decides to push, quietly push the Ferenc family out the door. Like, well, Yeah, which would suck for that be the way to go out. But it's definitely one of those, as long as it can end with a bowl win, I think everyone will mostly be okay with it. Yeah, yeah. Especially if that's like his 10th, 11th win, because that means he gets 60%. He's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame if that, make, if that happens, you know? But, you know, it, it, would, it would feel realistic because they run the table, win nine games, right, to finish the season out. Then they go get crushed. Yeah, if we beat Wisconsin, it's 10. Oh, I'm sorry, they beat Wisconsin, it's 10. But what I mean is, like, you go to the Big Ten title game and you get crushed, but then you win the bowl game. And you win ten games. Like it's like yeah. when you think of like if if the, of all that happens, like, I think losing so basically crushed, la- basically two years ago, two years ago, getting crushed in the Big Ten game would be the perfect opportunity for the AD to be like, look, we're not dispar- disparaging your legacy, but we're, we we, we got to compete with these teams. We, we've got to compete with these teams. We have we have big pro we have money programs coming in next year in UCLA and USC. Like we we have to compete. This has to change. You know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the college football landscape changed with the NIL, but I think it's going to change even further now because it's the next step of that evolution with NIL combined with these new bigger conferences, like for recruiting, like the dogfight is going to get even more intense this, this, this winter, you know? So man, yeah, I, Hey, try and be positive. I know friends has a legacy over there. He's going to have a statue, but like, I think at this point, like if you want to, if you want to be able to have a future in college football and in the big 10, you guys have to make a change. So I think that's going to happen, honestly. I think so. Yep. Fingers crossed that it does. All right. Knock on all the wood. All right, we're going to get out of here. Yes. Week, week five preview is in the books. We'll be back for uh, some week five recap and week six talk next week. 
Um, so stay tuned. Uh, we'll break down our pick'em games, some big games. If any new, like crazy news, like Ryan Day going off on ninety-year-old Lou Holtz or something happens oh. again, uh, we'll have some conversations about that next week as well. Uh, if we don't see you, well, I guess we won't see you, but we'll see you around. <laughs> Bye. Terrible outro. <laughs>